welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you will love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So let's hear what's on the show this week. This week, we're flying the flag for Britain. We check into new bar Christina's to check out Italian aperitivo drinks culture with a British twist, discover Filey Bay single malt whiskey created from field to bottle in Yorkshire, and try the Cocktail Society, a cocktail subscription service from a team based in Oxford. Our library pick is Difford's Guide to Cocktails by UK-based Simon Difford, And we head over to East London to talk all things glassware with our favourite French bartender, Remy Savage. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a cocktail. So, in case you didn't know, the 16th of August was a very special day in the calendar. What was it, Sandra? It was National Rum Day. Correct. It was National Rum Day in the US. And so we thought we'd join in the celebrations, albeit a few days later. Well, it's always a good time to celebrate rum, don't you think? Well, absolutely. (laughs) And uh, why not celebrate it with one of your favourite drinks, actually, which is a dark and stormy. Yeah, dark and stormy. It's a good, very quick, simple, delicious drink. And it does celebrate rum and it celebrates all the nuances of rum. So I think it's a great drink to have at any time. Right. Well, not breakfast. (laughs) no but at any time and how about this time yes perfect time. perfect time right dark and stormy i seem to be setting up a bit of a theme in my drinks over the last few weeks just going for really simple drinks yeah but there's nothing wrong with a simple why not and also i think the other thing is i i'm tending at the moment as it is summer to make a lot of nice long refreshing drinks Mm. so this is how we are going to start off so we've got a couple of glasses here, one for me and one for Miss S. Tall, thin glasses, or as we like to sometimes call them. <laughs> well, it's not like we like to call them, but they are known as, as Collins glasses. Collins glasses. So tall, thin glasses or Collins glasses. So we've got a couple of those here. In this version, I'm just going to build it, make it in the glass. So I'm kicking off with a lovely dark rum. It's essential that it's a dark rum. And in this case, we're using Havana Club 7, mm. which is amazing. And even just opening it up, I'm getting all sorts of lovely aromas coming from the bottle. So I'm putting in two parts, two parts, which is approximately 50 mil each. So let's get that measured. Looking good. So 50 mil for you, Sandra. And as you say, it's a nice, simple drink that you build. When you say build in the glass, it means that you assemble everything just in the glass that you're creating it. So it's not like some cocktails that you might prepare in a tin or shake or do different things. This is... When we say simple, it's so simple. You just put it in the glass that you're making it 
and just add the ingredients. Absolutely. And talking of ingredients, here's the second one, which is fresh lime juice, which I squeezed a couple of minutes ago. And you may have heard the pop of the cork. That was actually because I put it in a nice little bottle and kept mm. it in the fridge. So one part of the lime juice in each. So that's about 25 ml of nice fresh lime juice. And this is one of those drinks, like so many drinks, that there are, you look, there are so many variations, but it's about finding the one that works for you. And some versions, interestingly, don't say put squeeze lime juice in. They just rely on a squeeze from the garnish at the end. But I think I like a little bit more lime juice actually mm. in the drink. What, for the for the um, sort of citrusy? Yeah, I just think it balances out the sweetness. And also, likewise, some recipes don't call for sugar syrup, but we're using a little bit of sugar syrup. Mm. Because I like Why that. is that? Well, I like it. I think it gives a little bit more body a little mm. bit more mouthfeel you, you don't need a lot of sugar syrup because you're going to get that from the final ingredient but i just like that I, I like that classic balance between citrus and sweet and it's about personal preference so yes always start i think with two parts of the dark rum we've got one part of the lime juice and now half a part of sugar syrup but you can play around with that sugar syrup and lime to get the balance that you mm. like so i'm putting in half of the sugar syrup and again this is as we've said in previous episodes this is our own homemade sugar syrup which is so easy to make it's equal parts caster sugar and water it's one-to-one simple syrup and just shaken up until the sugar dissolves in the water and you're good to go so i've put in half a part of that and then the penultimate ingredients fantastic angostura aromatic bitters but the thing is i like whenever i open a bottle of these you just have to give them a little sniff because they're such a magical smell so i've put in a couple of dashes of each into the glass that's our main ingredients that's the main work done give it a little stir just to make sure everything's in and then ice just gonna Fill each glass with ice. So pretty fill those glasses right up to the top. If you want these nice chilled, don't want them to dilute too quickly. So that's filled with ice. And then our last major ingredient is some good quality fiery ginger beer. And then we're just gonna top up with that. And that I guess. If you measured it, it's probably about four parts ginger beer, but mm. it's really just filling it up. Make, you've got plenty of ice in there to the top, you're filling it with that, and then give it another little stir to make sure all your lovely ingredients aren't sitting at the bottom of the glass. And finally, got a wedge of lime. Give that a little squeeze, drop that to the top of the glass. And there you are, jobs are good. There you go. So, Perfect. These are great for summer parties as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You can just smash these out so mm. easily. You know, the measures are easy, the ingredients are easy. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Hang on. Lovely. Right. Well done. All good. So that gets the thumbs up from SS. And what are you going to be making next week on the show? Yes, yeah, so we've got to give you some ingredients for what we're going to be making next week. And we forgot to do it last week, which was a bit remiss of us, but we're getting into the swing of it. Next week, I'm going to be making a breakfast martini. So what you'll need for that is some gin, some Cointreau, some freshly squeezed lemon juice, 
and fine cut or no peel marmalade. And we'll go through all of the methods next week. We'll look forward to that. In the meantime, let's finish off this dark and stormy and get Absolutely. on with the rest of the show. Absolutely. <laughs> So this week I've reached into our drinks cabinet and pulled out something which is actually quite new. It's called Filey Bay Whiskey and more precisely Filey Bay Yorkshire Single Malt Whiskey with a peated finish. It's not, I mean Yorkshire's not really somewhere that you think of for whiskey is it? (laughs) No not (laughs) at all. I mean I I must admit the the word Yorkshire jumped out at me because I've got a little bit of Yorkshire blood. Oh yeah, I've I've got a little bit of lots of different countries bloods (laughs) and regions bloods but I've got (laughs) a little bit of Yorkshire blood so I thought I'm gonna support Yorkshire and find out what this is all about. Hmm. So I had a look at their website and they've got an interesting backstory. They're producing a a range of whiskies and what they say which i like the sound of it they say they are the first single malt made in and of yorkshire and when they say of yorkshire what they mean is it's created from field to bottle in yorkshire so everything about this is yorkshire and it's on the coast and it looks lovely and i'd love to go there and what they do they have these and then they all the bottles look the same which i'll come on to in a mm. minute uh, and then they, they, they just do variations on these single morts and this bottle as i say it's a beautiful clean design hold it up let me see yeah nice yeah and what it is it's it looks it's a nice clean bottle it's got a blue sort of seal at the top but i, I like I'm, the typeface actually yeah the typeface really bold. is very elegant mm. and also at the bottom there's some lovely embossing on the glass which when you look at it closely it's i think that's waves waves with a seagull like yeah it looks it. lovely very beautiful mm. so i'm already liking the look of this and it is what is that 46 percent. so i should have opened this earlier but uh Sandra, if you could just amuse everyone uh, <laughs> while I, well, I open I this. must say something else about the bottle. I like the fact that it's quite, you can really see the colour of the of the whiskey. You yes. know, sometimes things are masking it. You get the labels in the way so you can't actually see the product itself. But with this one, you can see right through. And, and as Gary was saying, that lovely embossed wavy effect yeah. at the bottom. It's not, it, it's, it's modern enough for younger drinkers or newer people to the whiskey category but not too off-putting for classic whiskey drinkers so i quite like that they've managed to balance both quite well well yeah i think that's interesting and i think it's um just a little tiny bit more background before we actually get into the serious business of tasting what they say they've done with the this is called peated finish batch number one and they originally it's in bourbon casks and then a secondary maturation takes place in peated casks right so they describe their house style as light and fruity and then it's given a a subtle little bit of smoke with that secondary maturation so let me just pass that to you thank you so it's got a lovely golden glow yeah it's lovely beautiful rich amber color and the, there's a tiny bit of smoke on the nose, but it's very subtle, mm. very subtle, which I like. Let's have a taste. Mm. I like that a lot, actually. It's, it's clean. It's got a little bit of heat. I we do not, get the smoke, actually. Yeah. Mm. I'm not, I'm not going to try and geek out in, in whiskey language because I don't know where to start on that. There's a, I'm just talking in normal language. Mm. I like the little bit of heat. Mm. I like 
There is some smokiness yeah, that there, PT, but, it, PT but it's very subtle. Yeah, and also, as you say, there is that fruitiness as well. Mm. There's a lightness, which is really nice. And I think that, before, as I said before, for non-whiskey drinkers, it's a nice introduction to, to whiskeys. Probably in a cocktail, maybe, that, you know, you could introduce it that way. But actually, for traditional whiskey drinkers as well i think they won't be disappointed with this it's beautiful really lovely yeah i i like it a lot and i think the thing about it for me is that as you say it's a good way into whiskey but i think it's also a good way into smoky whiskey because mm. for me personally i took a long time to come around to smoke yeah whiskey. you didn't like them i really didn't like them at first and i was you know that's, that wasn't a thing for me and i gradually mm. over the years i've come to appreciate them I like this because it's subtle and I would definitely give this to someone like me a few years ago yeah. and say, try this. Yes. Yeah, it's lovely. It's um, We're having it during the summer-ish, if you want to mm. call it summer in the UK. But actually, you know, it works nicely now and it would be lovely with um, a tonic lengthened or yeah, something. Or or soda be, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a nice yeah. whiskey highball. But actually, in the winter, you can imagine hunkering down with this as well. But it's yes. lovely. It really is beautiful. It's not as rich and heavy as a lot of, of whiskeys that I can think of. No. But I do, I really, really enjoy this. Yeah, it makes me actually want to go and explore the the Filey Bay, Filey Bay range yeah. a, a lot more and try some of those others. Mm. So th we like this. It's £60 for 70CL and it is £60. And you can find it on their website, which is called spiritofyorkshire.com. Yeah, I think that you should definitely support the Yorkshire. It's a, it's a beautiful whiskey. So this week, I wanted to go a little bit different. We've had some bottled cocktails yes. that we can order as and when we feel like it. But this week, I wanted to try a monthly subscription service. Right. So this is something from a company called the Cocktail Society, and they offer a monthly bespoke discovery box that you can sign up for so you can either do it for the month or you can do it quarterly but the important thing is you can cancel your subscription at any uh, time well, that's handy just, yeah you know yeah, so not you like don't a gym want to, membership no you don't you don't want to feel that you're locked in in case you don't like it but i think you know there's plenty in here that you probably will like it starting with the price, which is £40 for the month, and that includes delivery, which I think is fantastic. But also, it comes with three different versions of, of cocktails. So first of all, you get a 500ml bottled cocktail, which you can take your pick from a choice of four. So on offer this month, they had a smoked old-fashioned, a salted caramel espresso martini, an oak-aged slow Negroni, or a coconut and kaffir lime leaf daiquiri. Nice selection. It is. They're all very classic, but with a teeny little bit of a twist to make it a little bit more interesting. We have got the smoked old-fashioned, which we're going to try a bit mm -hmm. later. But also in the box comes a choice of some ready-to-drink cocktails in cans from their partners so we actually had what's this here peach ginger and chai from punchy drinks and we have slingsby gin spritz with marmalade and apricot mm. which sounds nice yeah. and we also have a can of bloody drinks the classic bloody mary we've had that before and we really enjoyed yes, that we did. can so that. these cans are all 
250 ml. So you get two serves. Two serves, really good. And then another one, which is moth drinks, which is their margarita. So, you know, lots of treats Mm. to enjoy later. And in addition to this, you also get a DIY cocktail that you choose from again. So there's two choices this month. It was an Elderweiler Collins or coincidentally, <laughs> considering what we've just yeah. had, a dark and stormy. A dark, oh, that's that yeah. is interesting. <laughs> it is, it is. And we actually chose that, not knowing that we were going to make a dark and stormy yeah. earlier, but it's nice. This one comes with Goslin's Black Seal Bermuda Black Rum, so we can try that later, and some Fever Tree Ginger Beer, so that's great. And also, if all of that wasn't enough, there's three snacks that come with it. So you get roasted and salted mixed nuts, some coconut chips, and some sour cream and chive quinoa crisp. So, you know, all of that for £40. That sounds pretty good to me. It is good value. And, you know, I think that even if you tried it once and you think, "Hmm, okay, not sure, but you try it, £40 is great. And also when you think that the £500 bottled cocktail, which they sell separately as well, that is priced at £28. So, not bad. Not a five hundred pound bottled cocktail. Did I say five hundred pound? <laughs> I think so. Oh well, I meant a five hundred mil bottled it, it's cocktail. It's usually me who gets the mls and everything mixed up. So a five hundred pound <laughs> bottle cocktail that you no. get for twenty eight yeah. pounds. Make sense of that yeah, if you let's, will. Let's regroup on that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we're going into said um, bottled cocktail, yeah. and I must say that I love the labels. They're very oh, cheeky yeah, and I like uh, that. you know whimsical. Can very you describe. Fun. Him for, for well, the you describe him because oh, right, I then. think that you you yeah. love him, it, don't you? Yeah, it's like a little illustration of this chap who he looks. He's got a little monocle, crazy little outfit on, and he's a he looks like a man who likes his cocktails to mm. me, and I want him to be my friend. I think I think you two <laughs> would get on really really yeah. well, quite frankly. Yeah. So that's what we're going to try today. So anyway, look on our Instagram feed so you'll get a nice look at these labels. They're very cute. So just have a little smell of that. We're pouring it over ice. Um, You could probably chill, chill the, put this in the fridge first, I think, which we didn't, but we've got the ice here. Give it a nice little stir. Do yours, Gary. Thank you. There you go. Thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. <laughs> well, smelling, smelling good. You like that? The ingredients that they've got in here, it's Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey, Angostura bitters, orange peel, Demerara sugar, water, and oak smoke. Mm. And I love Buffalo Trace anyway, mm. so let's go in. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good, actually. I mean, there's something, it's... It's kind of not thin, but it doesn't have that viscosity that you sometimes get. But what do you what What are you thinking? Um, I think the two things. I mean, f- first up, I do actually quite like it. Uh, right. It's perhaps a little bit sweeter than mm. I might have wanted. But then I suppose that's for more. What would you say? Just the, for an average palate. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, that's just me. And then the other thing. I'm not really getting any smokiness, to be honest. No, not really. And there is that thing that I just think that it's a little bit thin. But 
I still think that it's a really good value to get this this whole kit. It's a really lovely introduction to cocktails mm. and also for things that you don't have to make yourself, but you can try things that you probably wouldn't yeah. buy yourself. So not just their own bottled cocktail, which we said with the lovely labels, but also these partner drinks as well. So you get those lovely cans and some really good introductions yeah. to um, different cocktails. I think the whole concept is really great, yeah. actually. That, that The way you've broken it down into those sort of kind yeah. of three groups. So you get, yeah, yeah, you get something they've made, you get something their partners have made and something simple that you can make yourself, yeah. plus snacks to enjoy as well. Brilliant. And their magazine. So yeah, it's a really good package, £40. And it's the Cocktail Society. And it's available from the cocktailsociety.com. But if you look on our website and our Instagram feed, you'll see what's included in the package. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. Hi, everyone. My name is Camille Vidal. I'm the founder of La Maison Wellness and creator of Mindful Cocktails. And today I'm going to share my cocktail hack with you, which is actually a way to bring mindfulness into the glass and a really, really good technique or tools for you to find the balance that works for you. I call it the remove, replace, and reduce. The first one is you remove the alcohol entirely and you use an alcohol-free option. The second one is you replace the alcohol with something maybe that is lighter in alcohol or a little bit low ABV, or maybe it's one ingredient in your cocktail that you're going to replace with something that is alcohol-free. Therefore, you can reduce the alcohol content but you keep the beautiful flavor that you want to enjoy. And then the last one is the reduce. So maybe instead of putting 50 ml or two ounces of spirits into your cocktail, you reduce it to 25 ml or one ounce, what we call a one unit cocktail. Therefore, again, you can make it lighter in alcohol. So maybe instead of one cocktail, you can have two. more from the cocktail lovers see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe you can find out all about it on our website thecocktaillovers.com and also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine which is available four times a year in digital and print so this week we popped into somewhere incredibly new. It's only been open about two weeks mm-hmm. and it's called Christina's. Yeah, and it's in the Mondrian, but the new Mondrian in East London, so trendy Shoreditch. And it's very much in keeping with the vibe of the area. It's Absolutely. a lovely, lovely space. So it's on the ground floor. Yeah, It has double height windows. So mm-hmm. it's a lovely space for all day dining and drinking. And yeah, because it does open early, not as a bar but it opens yeah early, it's so open for from seven o'clock yeah. for coffee and you know croissants and and different things and what's lovely about this space is that it's very much celebrating britishness you know it's all of these wonderful producers from around the uk so that goes for the coffee roasters from the the bakery from the spirit producers and it's very much champion in the best of the uk so and also i think let's talk a little bit about the spaces yeah it's quite intimate it's fairly small yeah so it seats 45 people and and actually what's quite nice about it they like it to be seated so that's not a covid thing i think it's more about 
about the the vibe of the space, yeah, yeah. isn't it? There's a few stalls at the bar. Yeah, there's a lots of little cub chairs and little boothy. Yeah, areas. and also all along the the window, it, it's got these wonderful bonquettes. So it all mm. feels very soft and inviting yeah. and very relaxing. And I love actually. The, the windows, those big floor to ceiling mm. windows. I mean, we were there early evening, so there was lots of natural light and it was beautiful. But I can imagine sitting in there. Even in the rain, actually, evening, yeah. and it chucking it down, yeah. and thunder and lightning, and you're all hunkered up in this lovely bar. So yeah. we liked that, and also I love the the colour in it. It you can tell that they're very much. We'll we'll get onto this rewilding and sustainability yeah. side a bit later, but you can almost see the hints of that in the the decor because it's very much greens and sort of terracottas and and mm. things like that, very earthy, yeah. and lots of plants. So you don't usually see that in bars yeah i didn't think it was unusual until we started saying oh those are nice plants yeah and there's lots of them there's lots of greenery not too much that it takes over the space but enough that it just sort of feels really natural and and inviting really i think and the staff were lovely yeah really attentive really friendly really smiley yeah and 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 also going back to the interior side of things there's lots of texture lots of lovely upholstery and a Again, the colours of the terracottas and greens. And then there's this wonderful uh, mural above the bar, which is uh, the bar is a curved copper mm, bar. Beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. And But nothing is overstated, is it? You but, know, it's but as nice. you said earlier, everything feels natural. Yeah, 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 yeah. So very friendly, very warm, very engaging. So we went definitely for cocktails. We didn't go for the, the morning coffee bit, so, although I'm sure we will if at some point. Area, we will definitely do that. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk about the cocktails. Absolutely. Gary. What did you have first? Well... Before we even start on what I had, oh, it's right. <laughs> sorry, back, back we'll, we'll backpedal back a little bit because it's Marcus Zelzanus. He is consulted on the drinks. So Marcus is behind Sager and Wild. He does all of the things at Fair, lots of great things. He's worked at the Zeta Townhouse. He's, he's just a mastermind of flavor and, yeah. and balance. But his thing is very much about rewilding. So lots of foraging, about sustainability. And he's brought that here to this bar. So you get some great flavors, but behind it, just always think that there's there's a reason behind right. it. And it's always, <clears throat> it comes from the best place as mm-hmm. well. So now we can get to the drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, Gary. What did you have? I had something called a Yazoo. Yuzu. <laughs> a Yazoo, that's no, bad. Yeah, no, well, well uh, the reason I said that, I'm glad yeah. you said that. The reason I said Yazoo uh, is because the soundtrack when we were there, it was oh, it was amazing. 80s tunes. Yeah. I was in seventh heaven. And we're not talking like 80s hip hop or anything. We're talking 80s pop, but the best kind of, some people would say yeah. guilty pleasure. No. I just say pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Spandau Ballet, <laughs> ABCs, yeah, Yazoos. Yeah, it was really yeah, good times it. and it really set the mood perfectly, I think. Yeah, it was good times. It was fantastic, yeah. Which brings me neatly back to not the Yazoo Negroni, but I had the Yuzu Negroni, East London Gin, Vault Red Vermouth, Yuzu Saki, Linden Leaf Yuzu, 
Kinomi leaf garnish, and that's your lot. Um, <laughs> but what I loved about this drink was, yes, it was a Negroni, and I love a Negroni, but it was a kind of lighter take from the moment it arrived in the glass. It looked much, much lighter, pink rather than red. And that followed through on the taste. It was a light kind of bitterness. And the garnish, which actually looks amazing, that, that little leaf, it's not just for show. You are encouraged when it's served to you to have a little nibble on it. And you get this lovely hit of bitterness from the garnish, which works really well with the drink. And for me, it was a really slightly more refreshing version of a Negroni. I had a really amazing drink. It's called a Wild Nettle Spritz, which is made up of Ostera white vermouth, white nettle, sparkling white wine and soda. It was so lovely. It was really light, really refreshing, beautifully dry and crisp. It's one of those drinks that you know that you'd order another one yeah. straight also, away. Can I just say it looked really elegant as well. It was beautiful. When it, when it was served. Really, really nice. And it had a lovely, what would you say? It's like a slither of, of cucumber. Was it cucumber? Yeah. yeah but just around the inside of the glass. Yeah, it was just, honestly, such a work of genius. It's beautiful balance of flavours. And again, going back to Marcus's thing about doing all of this rewilding, it really worked well in this glass. And it also showcased a lot of the, the independent brands that they're collaborating with. So I think it epitomised the whole essence of Christina's in, in this particular glass. Then we both had martinis. We did. And I think the thing about the martinis for both of us is that we are historically gin martini drinkers. I, I certainly, for me, the first seven years of my martini drinking life was about vodka. Then I was brought over to gin by the great Dan Warner many years ago. And now I like both, but but tend to gravitate towards gin. Mm. So for us both to order vodka versions, and they were two different versions. Very different, yeah. And it was nice to have them at the same time so you could compare and contrast. So your one, do you want to talk about yours? Yes, my one was called the Birch Bark Martini. And this was made with Belvedere vodka, Birch Bark, Birch Water, and Kanpai Kumo Sake. Mm, which is very different. Yeah. Not and also the way that it was served was quite theatrical, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in a lovely little sort of old-fashioned kind of martini glass, but it had this kind of, I don't know how you scope this, it wasn't an edible garnish, but it was a lovely sort of delicate leaf hosed across the top of the yeah, glass. Yeah, and that was there for a reason. It was to carry the aroma. So yeah, the it was, sprayed it was aroma. spritzed over yeah. the top of this lovely skeletal kind of leaf yeah. very beautiful you can see a picture of it on our instagram yeah. feed it looked elegant yeah and that was elegant. to engage you with the aroma of the, yeah. the birch really and, it, and, and i i really liked it i think as i say you know it's a vodka martini but there was so much going on it was very creamy in the mouth so many layers to the flavor and it's like one of those drinks you have one sip and then you have a second sip and then you think I need to have a third sip just because I keep finding different things yeah. going on. It was really also delicious. Also, it's so beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm. It was complex. It was, um, it kind of made me re-look at what a martini is. Yeah. And same with mine, which was called the oyster shell martini. And it's called 
the oyster shell martini for good reason. It was Victory Oyster Shell Vodka, Schofields Vermouth and, and Oyster Leaf. Now, the vodka itself is made specifically for Christina's and it is made from waste, you know, oyster shells that would go to waste from oh, different restaurants. Yeah. So they distill this in the vodka and it makes for the most incredible experience. It was smooth, it was soft, it was round. There was this real nice salinity to it that that had this fantastic texture and the, the taste, honestly. I, I mean, I loved mm. yours, but yeah. I loved mine more. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, but I think that's a really serious point. I think mm. we both, it was interesting, we both spied these two martinis we both spied they were vodka and we said well look let's have one each and compare and contrast mm. and I, I just think they were both fabulous yeah martinis. absolutely and i think that they both showcase the work of the the guys here that work in behind yeah. the bar because it's difficult to balance things in the way that they are and you know they're they're soft but they're powerful, but you can see or you can taste all of the ingredients in. I would definitely go back for both yeah, of those Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely. It worked really well. And it's lovely to see somewhere that's really championing UK brands and, and small UK brands, yes. which, which really helps. So that was a great spot and we really loved it. I mean, the music got Gary almost dancing. I had to but, but, stop but, him. No. And <laughs> <laughs> also, I should just say. Oh, not, we didn't not about talk the about the sandos oh no hang on just before we go on to that let me just tell you the cocktails they uh there are 14 cocktails on the list mm. they range from 12 pounds 50 to 16 pounds 50 and there are also three non-alcoholic cocktails at nine pounds 50 yeah and also sorry i'm glad you said that because the non-alcoholic offering is really good here they've got lots of non-alcoholic spirits they have lots of tonics and sodas they also have lots of natural wines and really beautiful craft beers and yeah. things so it really works well, well. That, i think that's really important because in the olden days it was either you went to somewhere that served wine or beer or cocktails and if they served the other things they were like second best mm. but it's so nice to go to somewhere these days where everything is given equal respect. Yeah, they've been curated really, really well. So we recommend those. And lastly, we must say about the bar snacks, bar food, which is a beautiful, oh my God, so almost dirty food, isn't it? It's <laughs> no. sand, no, but you know, because they, they are, you know, they're definitely not slimmers style food, but they're called sandos and they are beautiful. I had um, the hot chicken sando and you had... I had the mortadella. Mortadella katsu sandu. Yeah, both amazing. Yeah. And also, if you, you must have the fries. They come with curry leaf and it really added a completely different taste to it. You know, yeah. think elegant curry sauce, no sauce, <laughs> but just the taste of, of curry. And then also the beautiful olives that yeah. they had as oh, well. The yeah. food was great. I do have a look at our Instagram because we've got a photograph of my sandwich and I keep going back and looking at it. <laughs> and it celebrating. So delicious. Yeah. So that's Christina's, which has recently opened in Shoreditch and we highly recommend it. Mm. 
So my book review this week, I've decided to go for Difford's Guide to Cocktails. Wow, that is a big choice. It is. It's a big choice for lots of reasons. It's a massive book, but also one of the books that you'll probably find if you look behind any bar, if you can see their book collection, they will have a version of Difford's Guide behind it. It is really the Bible of, of cocktails, I yeah, would say. I, I would say that's not an exaggeration to call it the Bible. It's, yeah. the, it's the go-to reference book. I yeah, think. and and all bartenders will have used it. They reference it at any time. So I've gone for this one, which is the latest edition. Yeah. It's the 15th, 15th. edition. Wow. Yeah, and not only is it the 15th edition, there's 600 new and 900 updated recipes. Say that again, how many? 600 new and 900 updated recipes. Incredible. Exactly. And it the rest of the title for discerning drinkers. Yeah. So I believe that all of us should have this in yeah. in the library. Well, I think that's important because as you said earlier, you know, you do spot it behind so many bars, you know, bartenders refer to it. But equally, I think for the home mixer, mm. it's that's a really great reference. Yeah, book. it's got so much in it. So you can actually dip in and out for lots of different things. So you can just use it for the recipes if you want. And we'll go into that a little bit more. But actually, if you want to know anything about bartending, whether that is behind the bar or at home, there's all sorts of tips and tricks in there. So you'll find everything from basic equipment and glassware to bartending basics, things like how to throw, what throwing is, what fine straining is, what blending, you know, blending and even fancier tips. Yeah, like fat washing and making foams and things. So you can get as geeky as you want to with this book. But as I say, you don't have to get into all of that. You can just use it for the recipes. And also they give tips on garnishes and all sorts of things. So With the recipes, as we said, 600 new and 900 updated recipes. And in this book, which is 557 pages, so (laughs) I didn't count them, I just looked at the end, because you need to know the work that's gone into it. And so each page is probably anywhere between four and seven cocktail recipes. And each one of them has a little picture, so you can see what it looks like. What your finished effort should look like. Yeah, Yeah. what the and, and then it also features the glassware, it gives a little bit on the origins of the cocktail, and also some tasting notes, you know, so any little tips and tricks that you need to know, and also some little factoids that you can impress people with and just get behind the cocktail a little bit more. It's all laid out in alphabetical order. And you'll find variations. So things like a daiquiri, there might be five recipes for a daiquiri, there's all sorts of different variations, including Difford's, you know, preferred, preferred recipes. But it's everything that you could possibly want to make every kind of cocktail iteration that there is and it really is something that you should make space for on your cocktail library so it is available from differedsguide.com it's 32.95 but for the amount of recipes you get in there and also all of the background absolutely worth every penny it's also available from amazon or wherever you get your books from
Remy Savage puts the art in bartender. He's one of the most creative thinkers in the world of drinks. We first met when he took the top prize in the Bombay Sapphire World's Most Imaginative Bartender Competition. That was in 2014, and he's been winning accolades for his clever ways with cocktails ever since. He's worked at Little Red Door in Paris, Artesian Bar in London, and he now heads up Le Syndicate in Paris, as well as the recently opened Bauhaus Bar in London, and a new venue dedicated to Art Nouveau launching in October. Renowned for his philosophical and artistic approach to the drinking experience, Remy is also called on to collaborate on a number of very cool projects, including working with the team at Cartier to create a collection of cocktails inspired by their new perfumes, and Nude to design an exquisite range of glassware, which is what we want to talk to him about today. Remy, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. Sandra, Gary, how are you? Very good, thank you. All the better for seeing you. Too kind. Thanks for having me. I think it's my second time. I'm starting to feel privileged. (laughs) (laughs) So, Remy, just mentioned your glassware collection with the team at Nude. Could you tell us a little bit about how and why this collaboration came about? Yeah, well, I think it's funny. It was one of these projects that started as something and turned into something else, but I guess for the better. I initially got in touch with with several glassware producers because I think that in my... uh, in my years of bartending, you always have the idea of what is your perfect glass, especially for if you make a drink, there's always a perfect glass, but you always have to compromise and find the next best thing that you can buy or, you know, put your, get your hands on. Whereas I thought that it would be actually, why not? I should message everyone and surely someone is going to give me five minutes to say, please make me that one glass I want for that one thing. Certainly no one, uh, <laughs> no one would, uh, would do this because it's completely impossible to do properly. But it did start a conversation with Nude, which is... Um, which is fun because Nude is it's not a brand of glassware per se. It's a it's a it's a design brand that does glasses, and I think it's it's interesting that they uh, they see themselves as, as at least as a as a design company, which means that they are they were quite flexible with going away from from the traditional shape you might associate with a uh, with cocktail glassware or glassware in general. But initially, we started speaking about about making different glass pieces for a particular menu based on architecture I did years ago, and then three or four years later, eventually they convinced me to work with them and I convinced them to work with me into releasing a full range so these six uh, the six pieces they kind of adapted that thing to the to the modern needs as well as the overall aesthetic of of two days drink so I think that if you if I go back to my mom's I will have like a 20 ounces 600 ml margarita glass you know like that is about Four kilos, I could certainly murder someone <laughs> with it. Well, I think that this is a good example. We just switch, we just switch back to to uh, in terms of size, but we try to keep the uh, so they're slightly smaller, perhaps, than the this style of old school glasses because now we tend to use more premium spirit, or at least maybe it's me getting uh, getting older and uh, fearing the the hangover a bit more. But I think that yeah, premium spirit usually means a little bit less. We're trying to be more conscious about how much we drink per cocktail so you don't have you don't get 150 mils of alcohol in the drink usually but they also play a lot with the idea of a uh, balance as in there are three there are three parts of a glass you usually have the the vessel the part that contains oftentimes you're going to have a feet and then you have a base a plate as it's called if you talk about stemware of course for high balls low balls and uh, rocks etc it is just one piece but we, we're trying to look a lot into balance, the shape, so for it to be at the service of the flavor. So for, for three of our glasses, you're going to find a little, uh, a little. it's called a lip or a rim. 
it's whenever the uh, the glass instead of being straight does a little uh, does a little wave it kind of accompanies the shape of your lips and uh, and usually you have this for sweeter wines like rosé for example because it is it, it is supposed and it's, it's certainly inaccurate but it's historically at least we believe that for sweeter liquid it was better if he was hitting the, the the back of your palate instead of the front so you have all these little details to it that, that are that are certainly aesthetic they are somewhat functional but also for me, one of the most important thing was to play with the weight of glass. I think that, especially having 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 done this job of uh, of bartending for for a little bit of time, I see an evolution in the the perception we have towards glassware. I feel like when I was started, it was very uh, gender defined. It was like big, heavy glasses of a man and that kind of stuff. Whereas I I actually think that the the a glass should be as invisible as possible. The idea is for you to be as close to the liquid as you could be. And usually this has to do with the, the thinness of the glass and, and the weight as well. I don't associate quality or luxury or good with big, fat, heavy glass. I associate with me being literally inside the liquid. So I think that the best thing about the ultimate glass is the one that is almost not there because it's just letting the liquid speak, which I am. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because we did speak about that a little bit before and about the perception of luxury and about people thinking that there is a point where you have to have these heavy glasses and that's what is all about luxury. Tell me a little bit more about that and tell me about how people, the perception now has changed into thinness of glass being about luxury. Honestly, I think it's just, it's either like these old uh, American film where, you know, you have two, you have two men that have an old company getting drunk in an office at <laughs> two in the afternoon and they are literally drinking buckets of whiskey out of the, the world's, something that resembles an ashtray and this is kind of cool and oh, look at all the money we have. And I do, I, I do think some companies still do this and they do it super well. I still think that now yeah, there's a lot more, um, there's a, I feel like we're just going through a phase. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it will stay, but there's a, there's a phase at least of um, delicacy of thing being quite uh, being quite delicate and being quite fragile, and I think things not lasting forever. Maybe again, that's just me, but I'm I'm, I'm enjoying this moment of of it's okay to be fragile. You don't have to be strong. It's okay not to be a kilo and a half of crystal. It's not a the the, the I feel like if I was to do a, a something probably that isn't true, but I feel like now if I was to buy an engagement ring, I wouldn't go for the biggest diamond. I would go for the one that is the it, reflects best the light and i think that is the same going for glassware that we tend to look for the perfect shape and i think that especially with thin glass you get a lot more you get a lot more malleability malleability yeah something yeah, we, we something. know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know you can actually you can actually play with shapes in a way that you can't with very heavy thick glass and i think that again it's just it's just moving a little bit we i don't want to lift every any heavy things i think you can probably tell by the the, my extraordinarily unmuscular body. I don't like lifting <laughs> things. Why should I put me to the effort of having to carry away big fat glasses that actually are going to suddenly take away from the liquid itself? I think it's just a mindset. I I, I don't believe it's mine. I think it's a it's a Japanese vision that Japan has been leading in doing this uh, this incredible glasses that are as thin as a light bulb can be, and and you just have this this moment where you're terrified of breaking them, but they actually are quite, they're so thin that they almost bounce back when they fall off. Mm. It's really, it's really impressive, but it feels like, it feels like plastic, but it's obviously not plastic. It's just that ultra thin glass. And I don't know, I think it's, it's the, for me, it's the best way. If you were to do a side, t- a side tasting of a heavy glass, a, a liquid in a heavy glass and the identical liquid in, a, in something much thinner, I do believe that you feel closer to the liquid or at least you understand it better in a, in a very thin glass. Mm. That's interesting because when we recently visited your 
bar Bauhaus, we I think we were both really struck by the experience of the glassware there. And I think uh, we had uh, an old fashioned and it was quite interesting to see an old-fashioned served in a a really delicate glass and it made the experience totally different and I think it really reinforced your point about taking you closer to the actual drinking experience rather than thinking about drinking out of. It's super interesting you say this because again I think the um, the main point I think to take when we talk about glassware is that there's no there's no right or wrong I think it does come down to personal preferences but also it comes down with if you go to a bar it means that someone has made a decision someone has chosen to put this this drink into this glass. And at, at, at Bauhaus, we certainly have decided to work a lot by contrast. So we have, we have you know, the drinks are very minimalistic and they're quite, they're quite straightforward. There's no 20 ingredients there aren't, but they very much try to put at the forefront the liquids that we use. So they are quite characteristic in the way they taste. Well, having this like strong personality in a drink delivered in a delicate glass creates a very nice contrast, mm. I feel, of the, uh, of the experience. And it just means that it's like, it's something that you know it's more because it's likely, it's like, oh, this is happening. Whereas having an old-fashioned in a in a in a glass that usually would have an old-fashioned, which I would say is like the the heavy the the boy glass, I think is uh, is exactly what I expect. And I think that sometimes it's nice to drink what you don't expect or to be surprised because it's going to make you focus more on what you drink. And half the time, having a good drink is just you focusing on it. Absolutely. Um. So with that in mind, we talked. That was about you in the bar. What about at home? Are there glasses that you would recommend that people have in their cupboards when they're starting their cocktail journeys at home? I think that the the best advice is to think of the technical element. But that's just that's just one simple that's one simple tip. Is like if you're going to have a drink that does not contain ice, like a if you're going to have a daiquiri or Cosmo or Martini, try and go for, for stemware because it's going to allow you not to put your hands hot into the glass that is cold and therefore make you your drink get warm faster. And I think that's a very simple tip that if there's no ice, usually I tend to privilege stemware because it means that my glass would stay cold a little bit longer. Aside from this, it's usually it's usually down to personal preferences. I think the the charity shops in the UK are like the best thing. Like not coming from the UK and seeing here so many like so many lovely pieces of glass, you can be so lucky by finding the right thing. Aside from this, it's also buy objects that you like. And and I think I have I, I was made to count quite recently, but I have maybe one thousand five hundred glasses at home. Wow! And you know they they're all perfect for one drink. It's because I I love it. I know that I buy a, I buy a glass because I have a drink in mind when I buy it. And I can't wait to get home, make my little drink, drink it and be like, oh, this is so perfect. So I think that, yeah, be sensible to be sensible with what you see, what you touch, what you what you feel when you see an object. And I think that this is usually the, the best way to go about it, to go about it and also to build yourself a, a library of, of nice glasses. Because certainly I think for me. That's lovely. So it's about making it personal to you. It's not about being dictated to by what glasses you should have. No, certainly not. I think that it's 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 also a super nice fun experiment to just to just switch glasses around. Like I have a like I had recently I made myself a, an old fashioned in a in a martini glass and it was like, well, that's a different drink. How fun. And again, I like to think of it this way. If you if you only have ingredients with two with uh, if you only have cocktails, excuse me, with two or three ingredients, like think of glassware as the fourth, but the one that is just there as a stage for the things to talk. And I think that an old fashioned in a martini glass is like it's an as delicious drink as an old fashioned. It's just not what you've been told to do. But if you're at home, you don't, you don't, you don't need to worry about your, your five stars on Google Docs or Maps or whatever. You just need to have, you just need to try things and have fun with it. And I think that cocktails should be fun. It's interesting as well. You said about the antique shops because 
Sandra and I are big big fans of doing that sort of trawling around those kind of shops. I mean, we you, it, calling them fancy antique shops, actually the secondhand junk shops, right? But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we've picked up those glasses. And I think that's really lovely what you said about it's it's about the fun. And I think at home, that's really important, isn't it? That, that we're not trying to recreate a bar experience. We're trying to just put a smile on each other's face. So I like that idea of choosing a glass for like the mood you're in. Exactly. I think it's it's exactly this, and it's true that it's it's also hard to to I don't know. It was I had to explain once to um I had to explain once to someone. Gonna say my mom. I had to explain to my mom, and she was like, "Oh, why you went? You know, what have you what have you done?" Is like, "Oh, I, I bought a glass today," and she was like, well, "So that's the extent of your day." It's like, "What, <laughs> Remy? You bought a glass?" It's like, "Okay, well, is it a nice glass?" And I was trying to explain to her. He's like, "Yeah, I think I spent I spent I don't know the equivalent of you know <laughs> whatever I should spend on food this month." And it's like a, a three hundred and something pound glass that was so. It was so special. I, I literally was so excited towards it. But at the same time, I would enjoy a drink in a in a, an old, you know, jam jar if it was to be appropriate for a drink. It is okay to not to not think that you need to spend a lot or not a lot. It's okay to it's okay to drink in whatever you want. And I think that we already we already are fighting back. At the moment, I feel like there's a nice there's a nice amount of people fighting back in in, in professional bars where you can get a very serious drink, but it doesn't have to be serious. That if if we start being serious at home when we make drinks for each other. It should certainly be about like sharing an experience, sharing a moment, sharing flavors. But yeah, you don't need to follow the you, you don't need to follow any rules when making drinks at home. But the but the piece of glass that make you happy is certainly the one that you should have your cocktail in. Oh, fantastic! And so, speaking of that, what about um, any tips for storage or care for your glass? I've seen that you guys are doing some lovely recycling of your glasses and and sort of filing them down for some of the um, fine glassware are there any tips that you can give to people maybe not that fancy but just different things on how to how to be careful well it's true that it's true that uh, this is something that we've looked a lot into because if i buy a 300 pound glass i don't want it to break and it will break because glasses break and this is their the essence of a glass is to one day break i guess this am i being that that thing that we do is kintsugi. So we do we do file it down and then put a little bit of gold on top, just for it to not kind of like cut your lips or whatever when you do drink it. I think as, aside from this, it's more that uh, it's more take, remember that you you using something that will break. That's the best thing you can advise, even for professional bartenders. Is like remember that we just start using glasses, manipulating them like they will never break because most of the time they don't, and then this is when they they effectively break. So if you have your if you have your nice sets of glass for everyday use, but you have your nice glass you have your nice glasses, I would say if you have a bit of space in your freezer, leave them there. That you come out for that cocktail moment, that or even the day before, you know, have a nice little cabinet, and then put them in the freezer, but just be careful about it. And then once they're done, you wash them, you dry them, and you put them back in the freezer, you know that they will never break. And I think that the, um, yeah, this is the, the, the tips in terms of storage. If you can keep them in your freezer, that will be better for your drink, but also it means that you won't see them every day when you're like, oh, I need, I'm, I want a glass of orange juice. Let me take my super fancy crystal. Oh, it's broken. <laughs> that is a absolute top tip, actually. <laughs> well, Remy, thank you so much for that. I think we've learned a lot about glassware, and I think you've just opened our eyes to it. And I, as I said earlier, I love that last tip. So all our special glasses are coming out of the cupboard and going into the freezer. And if we break them, we'll blame you. <laughs> yeah, send me the invoice, yes. <laughs> we won't break yes. Thank you so much, Remy. Thank you. And for all the information on nude glassware and about Remy's bars, you can see our website and our Instagram page. Thank you very much, Remy, for joining us today. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by simply subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com. 